Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Transforming Trauma to Triumph. I am your host, Diana Min, and I have a very special guest with me today, Mr. Di Manuel. Hi. Hello, Diana. Isn't it great? We're both dies. We are. We are. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I know we have the same initials, actually. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's great. What's your middle name? Do you have one? Uh, no, I don't. Oh. Okay. Mine's an R, so it's like uh, Dr. M. Uh, oh, my dad was the doctor, though, so uh, either way, whatever. I can't pretend I'm a doctor. Oh, I'm a doctor of life. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll yeah, well, I was just going to tell our audience <laughs> who you are. So, Di is a husband, a father, a purveyor of happiness, and also a lifestyle mentor and executive performance coach. Um, so we're going to get, we're going to dive into what all of that means for you, but for our audience who, who isn't familiar with you or your work, if you can just give us a little bit of an overview of what you do in the world, who you help and your mission. Wow. wow. Well, y- you know, you talk to anybody in marketing and they're like, well, you need to have a niche. You need to know exactly who you're speaking to, you know, and I've never been someone that's been very good at that. Uh, only because, you know, I'm all about life. I mean, if you're alive and you got a heartbeat, well, I, I believe that we can connect. <laughs> like, I really believe that we can have an exchange here and, and, and ultimately learn from one another. I, re- I really believe that that's, we're all capable of that. As human beings, we have this ability to connect with one another. We've been doing it forever, right? I mean, it's in our DNA, really. Uh, we're social people. And, and so I find that I learn a lot just by having conversations with people. Yeah. You know, just, and, and more so than just the conversations, it's actually just asking questions. Mm-hmm. And, you know, those kind of questions where you ask and you actually are very much interested in what the responses are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like, oh, okay, great. Tell me more about that. You know, like, that's how I learned a lot in life. I've been mentored by a lot of people, been coached by a lot of people. You know, we're starting from the time with my parents to, to even now. I still work with coaches, you know, and, and, and various mentors because I recognize there's, there's areas in my life that could always be better. Yeah. You know, and, and that's sort of my constant approach to just, improvement, you know, in all areas, all facets of life. And so I, I've done a lot of things in my life, uh, my adult life. I've, I've built a number of businesses and, and exited out of a few businesses. And, and, uh, but the last five years, you know, things transitioned for me, uh, actually about 10 years ago, and we'll get into that in, in a little bit. There's a backstory there, but, uh, five years ago, I decided to change everything. My wife and I were like, you know what? I've been working a lot, building my company, doing it for 17 years. Loved it. What company was that? It, it was a company called Fitness Town. And uh, we used to sell fitness equipment uh, all across Western Canada, a bunch of retail stores. And then we also did B2B uh, services, you know, so we sold a lot of government and military buildings go up and they need a fitness room. So we would provide them with that. And, and wow. so we, we did a lot of that in e-com as well. And uh, it was great, beautiful business, really loved it. Uh, but it got to a point where I just wasn't in love with it anymore. Yeah. You know, I loved it. I still, man, I loved the, how we just impacted so many people's lives positively, you know, gave them solutions that they can implement to see positive changes. And that's what I'm all about. Yeah. However, uh, I wasn't in love with the business any longer. And, and my partner and I, you know, we, we, we agreed to disagree. And, uh, it got, it came to a point though, where I was like, you know what? I don't think I want to be doing this anymore because I don't want to be looking back 10, 15, 20 years from now. Yeah. And thinking, you know, Christy, my wife, remember we had that crazy conversation about becoming full-time parents, like becoming full-time family and traveling and, and, you know, living life differently. Imagine if we actually did that. What do you think our life would look like now? I don't want to be that guy that's like, oh, you know, I really wish I should have, could have. Yeah. You know? yeah. So we did that. We, I quit my career. I literally quit. And I was like, okay, peace out. I'm, I'm leaving. I'm going to try something different and something I'm more feeling drawn to. Wow. My wife quit her job a month later. Wow. Two months after that, we pulled the kids out of school, gave away all our stuff. What we could fit in our SUV, we kept. Everything else we gave away. And we started traveling. Like, and, and, and literally we, we left Vancouver, we headed south. We wanted to chase the sun. Cause if anybody's been in Vancouver in January, you know, it's cold and wet. And, uh, we had friends that were down south, you know, uh, California and, and even in Portland. And so I launched, released my book at the same time. So we're like, ah, oh, let's go on a bit of a book tour, you know, very impromptu, yeah. obviously. And, uh, 
we didn't look back. We we started traveling as a family and uh, trying to homeschool the kids, but it didn't go so well. And uh, we realized I don't have the patience to be a teacher, and uh, but I can be a good dad. Yeah, just not yeah. a very good teacher dad. And uh, it, it ended up we we went overseas two and a half, almost three years ago. We lived in Bali for for two and a half years, and wow. uh, in Indonesia, and then traveled around Southeast Asia and other parts of the world from there. And, uh, okay. and then we came back to Vancouver. So long story short. We just went and went for that thing that we said we always wanted to do. We actually just went and did it without having a plan B. <laughs> okay. Didn't have a lot of revenue. Didn't have a lot of money saved. A lot of people say, well, how'd you do that? And, you know, we were just fortunate that when you downsize your lifestyle and actually look at what you need versus what you want, mm-hmm. a lot of what we want is actually very accessible. Mm-hmm. But you may have to compromise a little bit, you know. We would look at uh, sitting at a motel instead of a five-star Westman. You know, <laughs> like, <laughs> we we made certain choices. We we would yeah. stay at friends' places as often as we could. You know, we would make things work. Mm-hmm. Um, but the biggest thing was is that we were gathering and collecting life experiences rather than stuff. Which prior to that, that had been more of the focus, chasing what we, in particular, what I believe was success. Mm-hmm. And it really just brought me a lot of pain. You know, um, so yeah, long and short of it. What I do now, I help people. I help people get out of their own way. I help them see a vision, cast a vision, get clarity on that. More importantly, when you get clearer, clarity or clear on something, you, you can then gain a lot of inner confidence that you now have an idea of what to do next. Mm-hmm. And then there's that actual piece of the doing. So it's actually taking the vision, taking that confidence and now creating action. And, and following that through. And so I help people facilitate that. And, uh, and it's absolutely awesome. I love it. I love it. So that's it. Sorry, a whole little preamble to get no, right I back to your it. question. I love, it. I love it. I love, I mean, that's like the dream, right? Like I probably, I have that same dream too, where I'm like, all right, I want to do van life. I want to like, you know, just travel around, have Wi-Fi in the van, work from the van, whatever it is, you know, yeah, no, it's the dream. So I'm, I, I, it's super inspiring to know that you did it and, and it was amazing. How old were your kids, by the way, while you were right, so, doing all that? Yeah. So at that time, and, and we often share this, people yeah. are like, well, why'd you choose that time? And I was like, well, you know, they were just preteens. So like, like literally almost teens. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, I always joke, but it, it's actually very true. You, you know, that window where your kids think you're cool still. <laughs> and actually like to hang out. Like I could see the window closing <laughs> and I was like, okay, we either do this now or it probably just won't happen. We'll have to wait yeah. till we have grandkids to do this again, you know? And, and so it, it became just very evident that it was, it was just one of those things, you know, yeah. my wife tripped on me actually for a couple of years to get to that point. Cause I used to be very against it. I was like, no, I can't leave my company. I've been building this thing. Like maybe yeah. we're building this for our dreams for this. And yeah. meanwhile, I'd just been honestly compromising a lot of my dreams Gotcha. To, to to feed the the current needs and scratch a different itch that really wasn't something that I wanted, but I believed that I wanted it. Mm-hmm. And not trying to be cryptic here, but I, I think a lot of us are on paths at times, and we 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 start on that path with the best of intentions, mm-hmm. with a really deep connection to why we're doing it, and we feel very fulfilled in doing it. Yeah. But we change along the way. We just change. We grow. We, we, we expand. We, we adapt. I mean, yeah. human beings are clearly the most resilient species on the planet. There's a reason why we're top of the food chain. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some people have a negative opinion on that, but <laughs> the way we got there, maybe well, we might have some disagreements there. But regardless, we're very resilient. We've proven that we, we can achieve great things, yeah. uh, no matter the hardships that we may be enduring. And uh, that always gives me this, this, this boost of confidence knowing that, you know, I can handle any change that comes my way, whether I want it or I don't, right. uh, I can get through it. And, and so for us, it really became apparent that, you know, as challenging as it was to, to be on this path for so long and to be so conditioned to doing the thing a certain way, with a guaranteed certain result, it wasn't satisfying anymore. It wasn't fulfilled anymore. And actually I was, uh, you know, just a, Maybe people will relate to this. Maybe you'll relate to this, Diana. Like, I, I became very withdrawn to life, and uh, I, I learned to cope with a lot of stress and anxiety that was created just by this lifestyle that I was leading because I was working a ton, 
And, you know, I was there for my family, but I wasn't really there, if you know what I mean. Like that, that, that full awareness and presence uh, just wasn't always there because, I mean, I'd have my phone there. I, I just, you know, and you tell yourself, well, I'm very important. Like without me, this company wouldn't operate. Like just this, this false sense of just trying to build up my own value, right? And that was where I would seek all validation was again from work. So it was this sort of cycle that kept feeding itself and got to a point where I was becoming very unhappy. And yet I learned to manage some of the stress, the anxiety, the, the disconnect with, with where my life was and where I really wanted to be. Yet I realized that I wasn't anywhere closer to that. You know, I, I had a certain expectation for myself when I got into my early 30s, you know, like I, I expected life to be just so much more different, you know, and, and when I realized that it wasn't and things weren't happening the way I thought they were going to happen, I, I turned to alcohol, I turned to narcotics, I, I found a lot of solace in that, you know, like that became a coping and not even so much coping, it was really just escaping, yeah. you know, I, and uh, to the point where, you, you know, I almost lost everything. Like, uh, my wife was going to leave me, take the kids. Like, that was really hard, you know? Like, I, I really, because I valued that, that, that lifestyle, the alcohol, the, the, the drugs. Like, I valued that over my relationships, my family, even my career. Like, I was starting to compromise on a lot of core values and favoring this other thing. And man, it just opens up a doorway of a whole lot of hurt, you know? And, uh, I was not happy with myself, which again, created this sort of downward slope because, oh, now I feel more unhappy with myself. Well, what am I going to do to deal with that? Well, let's just have some more to drink. Right. <laughs> you know? It's like, oh, man, like awful. Right. And, uh, that went on for years and years. You know, it's not like it's something that just happened. It was a compounding effect over time, but it became very, very easy. And it became my conditioned response to stress and anxiety. Yeah. You're going to have a drink at the end of the day. Oh, geez. It was one of those days again. Oh, let's just have a glass of wine. Oh, bottle, bottle, bottle. Okay. Let's open another one. Yeah. Not, not great. And here I'm a guy in the health and wellness space mm. trying to help people live healthier, happier lifestyle. So you can imagine that created a lot of internal conflict for me as well. Yeah. Feeling that I had almost like this double life. And, uh, so anyways, um, I can go into more detail on that, but, uh, maybe we'll just put that on the side for a second. No, I would, no, it's, it's perfect because I don't know if you know this about me, but I also used to be an alcoholic and a drug addict for the majority of my life. And wow. I was actually just having a conversation with, um, you know, another person on this summit about the same thing about, you know, when the void within, when we are so disconnected from ourselves, right. Mm-hmm. And it creates this void. And so the void becomes so big that we, we feel we're like, we need to fill it with something. Yeah. Right. So we're like mm-hmm. reaching externally for all of these things. And I mean, addiction can be anything. It could be alcohol, it could be drugs. It could be success. It could be mm-hmm. validation, right. It could be, this need to prove ourselves worthy of whatever it is and all these things that we're trying to reach for externally when in reality all it is is having to go within and come home back to ourselves right Mm -hmm. come connect back with ourselves and also that could be connecting with the people that are closest to us your family your kids right all the things that that actually mean something that actually have substance and when you fill yourself up with that it's like all of that stuff is it, it doesn't even serve a purpose anymore I've been sober for you know, six years now. And thank you. Thank you. And yeah, you know, that journey, um, is, is, you know, only if you know, if you walked it, you really know like how transformative is how deep it is, like really going into the depths of your being and being like, who am I? Like what really makes me happy? You know, I'm from New York originally. So I'm Mm -hmm. from the land of the hustle, right? Like (laughs) that's where I, I mean, I know like my whole life growing up was like, what else is there but work and money? Like what else is there but like designer bags and going on vacations and, and, you know, proving to everyone that I'm good enough and I'm successful Mm -hmm. and all of these things, you know? And I mean, similar to you, like I kind of gave up all, like I literally lost all my physical possessions when I moved from New York to San Diego five years ago. Yeah. And I came here, got an apartment, slept on an air mattress for three months. Like I could have bought stuff, but I just didn't want to. Like I just lived in an empty apartment for a really long time. And people would come over like, why don't you get burnt? I'm like, I don't want it. Like I just didn't want anything. I didn't want to own anything. And I felt good, you know, as I was healing and, and going through my own journey of who am I without all of these things that I use to identify myself with, right? Mm. Like my job, my title, all these things and, and really getting to figure that out, which is like 
so much better. It's so, and I'm so, I mean, it's the journey of, I mean, during, you know, it kind of yeah. sucks, right? But sure. yeah. after, after really getting it, you're like, oh man, like this is, this is what life is really about, you know? And so I totally, totally relate to you and uh, with that. And, and it's such a, yeah, it's a powerful journey. Well, I like that you use the term journey as well. You know, I know it's almost cliche nowadays. Uh, we, we hear about this. Oh, I'm on a journey, you know, like <laughs> I'm on this magic walk or quest. And, uh, but I love the term journey. And, and really when you, you look into some of its origins and, and, uh, I, I did some deep diving in this uh, many, many years ago, but I, I really became a, a fan of, of the hero's journey. And, and you've probably heard of that before and and uh when you you look into sort of where it sort of originated from uh this concept's been you know for as long as we've been able to tell stories this has been this sort of story arc that that is repeated in many different themes uh you know whether there be a dragon that we have to to defeat and that dragon can be a metaphor for our own inner demons right like you, you start to read into all these themes when you start doing this research um and what's so cool is that when you look at people that are on a journey, which we all are, every single one of us are, yeah. you know, on that journey, we're going to encounter challenges, obstacles, enemies, you know, whatever you want to call those opportunities to, to grow or, or to expand or to practice humility. Uh, it, it happens. But but also along this way, you, you know, this journey, if you will, we, we, we meet people, certain amazing people. People that we start to wonder, man, I was lucky to have that person cross my path today. Because that interaction, as brief as it might be, or as long as it may be, like you can call it a teacher, you can call it a mentor, you can, <laughs> some people call it a guru, you know, whoever that individual is, they, they play a key role in just shifting your perspective just ever so slightly that you see the obstacles in front of you a little bit differently. It's almost like being able to see your way around that obstacle that was just preventing you from growth, from, from happiness even. And then we get through that challenge now after that little bit of a coaching moment, if you will, and we come changed, transformed. And most of us, after we go through that sort of transformation or, or, or becoming that next iteration of who we were meant to be, we have this deep desire to want to go back to where we started to help the next person along. Yeah. You know, so I think about you with this summit, right? Like there, now that you've shared that, that personal story with me, I get it. I totally get it. You know, this is your way of, of like, I'm coming back and I want to bring more people with me, yeah. you know, and, and in turn, you become that coach, you become that mentor that helps the next group of people through the same sort of challenges. And I think it's beautiful because this is when I look at anybody in the coaching space and they all have these stories, right? These deep connections to, to why they do what they do and why they want to help people the way they help them. And, yeah. and I think every single person on the planet has this in them, you know, and, and, and just sometimes it, it can feel a bit lonely when we're on our journeys because we feel that people can't relate to our struggles. You know, it, we're very good at isolating ourselves. I mean, you ever look at an animal that hurts itself, you know, or it gets hurt or maimed, what's it do? It retreats. It retreats, it hides away, and either it heals up or it dies. Like, it's not good, but we have this in us. We want to withdraw. We want to run away. You know, it's fear, right? I'm going to run away. I'm just going to deal with this on my own because, you know, that's just the way it's done. (laughs) But, man, when you open up and you start to realize there's other people struggling too, it just doesn't feel so alone anymore, you know? And uh, that was the one thing I really – help me through because I'd gone through periods where I'd say, yeah, I'm not going to have anything to drink anymore, you know, and I'd I'd live that really well for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but inevitably I would, I don't call it a relapse because it wasn't like I ever really was living and adopting the, the opposite. You know, it was just always there. It was just like a delayed thing. And, uh, but I look at the communities that I was able to connect with and those spheres of influence, the tribe that I became a part of, uh, it allowed me to really sustain my, my, my choices, mm-hmm. you know, because there was that different level of accountability was connecting with other people um, that were always going to challenge me to, to actually live up to what I said I wanted, <laughs> you know, like I want to be a better dad. Okay, great. Are you living like that now? What are you doing to lean into that more? You know, and would ask me certain questions, you know, and I was like, Oh, good idea. Yeah. I, you're right. I'm not doing what I said I was going to do. Okay. Well, I'm going to go do that. You know? And so that power of association is so, amazing 
and 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 the community, the tribe aspect of of embracing that is is wonderful. So I, I'm really excited to see the community that emerges from this summit. So everybody that's listening to this, I sure hope we get to have a conversation or connect somewhere because uh, I, I we're we're sharing an experience right now. Yeah, absolutely, it's pretty powerful, pretty powerful. Yeah, yeah. Um, for you, you know, you talk about having coaches and mentors and, or gurus or whatever, like who was someone for you that was like, just that person that really helped that paradigm shift happen within, I'm sure you've had several, you know? Yeah, there's, there's been a lot. I mean, either directly or indirectly. I'm, I'm, I like to read. You know, I like to consume information, uh, knowledge, wisdom, whatever you want to call it. You know, like uh, I, I, I've gone through spurts in my life where I get really interested in one subject and I'll just devour a lot of content on that, you know? And so that's sort of that very easy access to positive influence in our lives. And I mean, now today, especially like I, I didn't mention this earlier, but it, you know, a lot of people think, Oh, you're in the fitness space. You're a fit dude. You've probably always been healthy. So you will never understand what it's like to be unhealthy. And I, I have to remind people that I'm not someone that came to fitness naturally. In fact, I came from the opposite end. I, I was morbidly obese as a teenager, like I was a really big dude, you know, like, and, yeah. and with that created a lot of other issues and emotional issues and, you know, depression with trauma. And it just, it was challenging time in my life, you know, from nine to 14. And, uh, but then I made some lifestyle changes and, uh, because I got to a point where I was more afraid of death, to be honest, I was more afraid of the finality of that than I was of the path that offered me change, you know? And I, I think, you know, when you think about it, we, we sort I bet you have a story like this, Dan. I bet you do. Like, especially for you to make that commitment six years ago to say, I'm not going to drink anymore. I'm not going to do that. Like, I am going to be this person, this other person. Bye-bye. I'm not going to be that anymore. Mm-hmm. So there's a split in the road, right? Let's say like you keep doing the things you're doing and you accept whatever comes from that, yeah. or you choose to live life completely differently. And I, I find a lot of times it's just like, which one am I less afraid of? Right. <laughs> which path intimidates me less. And for me, the idea of, of educating myself on nutrition and fitness and just doing things different than I had been doing it. That was the path that I preferred to go, even though I still, I was afraid of it. You know, I was afraid of the unknown. I was afraid of change. I was afraid of failure, all the things that we're all afraid of. Uh, but I did it anyways. Because I trusted that the process would provide the result and the change that I really, really wanted. And I valued that more over staying as I was and because I knew it wasn't going to get any better, you know? Right. What happened with you? What was that fork in the road like? Oh, man. The fork in the road for me was like just like a mental breakdown, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah I just – I. I was living in New York city. I was working in corporate like marketing PR and, and I just was so, I had like acquired everything physically that I wanted, you know, money, bags, shoes, you know, a partner and like the lifestyle that I wanted. Like, and it was just so empty when I got there and I was so upset. (laughs) I was just so upset. I was so miserable. And, I had like, uh, it was, you know, one of those moments where like, I was literally just like crying in my room and I just wanted to not exactly take my life, but I just wanted Mm -hmm. to disappear, you know? And, you know, I come from like a very traumatic childhood as well, you know, just abuse and mental disorders in my family and things like that. So, um, not having dealt with any of that up in, I think this was like the boiling point for me. And I reached out to a shamanic healer actually. Mm. And, um, she was my first, like she changed my life. I changed the course of my life for sure. One phone call called this strange woman on the phone. Never, never had a conversation with her crying on the phone with this woman. And she just has no idea who I am. I literally like a girlfriend had given me her number like a year ago and was like, there's this healer that you should call. And I had her number on my phone just that one day I ended up calling her and that would be the phone call that changed my life because, you know, it was like, I had never had a chance. I had never had anyone ask me like, what's wrong? Mm. Like I never had anybody like, you know, and I didn't even really at the time connect like why I'm an alcoholic and a drug addict to the abuse and mm-hmm. all the things that I suffered as a child, you know, until we really started going deep into this holistic world of healing, right? This, the mystical world of healing. I, I am very woo on, on, on the other side of sure. like, yeah. and, um, 
you know, and then getting into a sacred plant medicine ceremony, yeah. he's doing ayahuasca and mm-hmm. then just really healing, you know, cause trauma and addi- there's addiction when there's trauma, right? You heal the trauma, yeah. there's no addiction. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so, you know, trying healing the trauma, moving from New York to San Diego and then, and then finding myself again, right? Finding, finding out who am I without the trauma? Mm. Who am I without all of these, you know, ailments and all of these things and, and redefining what it is for me, for who, who I am, this identity that I had, you know, clung so, so tightly to once that was all stripped away from me, like really getting in touch with like my soul's essence and like who I am as a, as a being mm. on this planet. Right. And so, um, that yeah it's it's a it's a much deeper obviously you know thing because it it happened over the course of many many years and then and now I'm here like you said right just trying to pay it forward trying to to you know give cheat codes to the people that are (laughs) that are on their journey like listen let me save you some time all right let me Uh... save you some time and exactly what we're doing here on this summit right it's like I want you know wanting to pull all the lessons that you know all the amazing leaders that have been brought together on the summit to be like where what was it for you where was it for you and how right so that whoever it is that is listening can figure out like from where they are how they can create that shift or what decision they need to make or how they can reassess like what's important to them now and and focus in on that right because I think you know with the way our world is set up you know everything is trying to pull you away from focusing in on who you really are inside mm. and everything is trying to distract you right we think about we both used to drink a lot why because society promotes for us to do it escape your problems escape yourself don't go within don't focus on what's really hurting you like numb it all out and nothing is healed and then all of these bigger issues develop and here we are trying to figure out why the world is a mess you know it's like i want to you know I want to invite everyone to go within and find what it is that is really important. And that's why, why we're here. That's why you're here is you're a purveyor of happiness. <laughs> I love it. Well, you know, it's, uh, it's a beautiful story, but also it, it, it speaks a lot to, to just the power of choices, you know, and, but even before that, is, is realizing that you do have choices, right? Like, because we do kind of feel like we're stuck at times, you know, like it's like we get into a very comfortable mode of living and, and using the term living, I'm using that loosely because when I think back to some of that autopilot periods of my life, from the outside looking in, people would think that things are pretty great, but they weren't, you know, and, and yet we are very good at putting filters over things, you know, yeah. making those photos look really nice, you know, I'll do another fishy yeah. selfie, you know, like yeah, we'll make it, we'll make life look great. And, and yet that pain, we, we, we do avoid it, you know, like actually looking in the mirror and saying, yeah, you know, like I, I could choose to change this right now. And we, we feel stuck, right? Like I, I know I did for a long period of time and you're right. You, you learn to medicate that pain, right? And, and uh, distract ourselves from it. But this sort of gets to the point of the questions, right? Like there, I sort of alluded to that. And when I, you asked me the question about mentors or coaches or, or people that have inspired me or helped me, I often think about the questions that are often posed when someone writes a book, when someone creates a speech, when they engage in a conversation. It usually is initiated by a real powerful question. And it's learning how to recognize these questions and then turn around and ask that question of ourselves and give ourselves the space to actually seek out the answer. You know, because I know it's kind of cliche, but you'll probably believe this too. You know, like I think we're both on the same wavelength here is that the answer is probably already in us, but we haven't really given ourselves a chance to even look for it. You know, so you talked about that going inward versus constantly pursuing things outside of us. You know, I remember doing my Vipassana for the first time, you know, like it was wild, but it completely shifted things for me. Yeah. yeah, It's life changing. You, I mean, sit on a pillow for 10 days and only focus on your breath. Like you will change. <laughs> I'm just sorry. You, you can't help it. You change, you know? And um, it, every time in my life when I fought change is usually where things would go wrong. Yeah. You know, like, and it's, uh, this might be useful for those that are listening. You know, some of my favorite questions, you know, and these are questions that in particular, there's three of them. 
And there's three questions that I encourage people to ask themselves every time they're starting to feel that desire to want to change something in their life. You know, maybe it's changing your career. Maybe it's changing your shape. You know, maybe you've said, I want to release a few pounds. Great. Awesome. All right. Well, before you start this change, there's, there's a few questions that you may want to work through to help give you the clarity and the confidence that the actions you're about to take are going to actually create the result that you want. So the first question is, can I do this? Can I do this? Right? (laughs) Sounds pretty simple, but really ask yourselves is like, well, okay, I want to lose 20 pounds. Can I actually do this? Can I lose 20 pounds? Hmm. What this starts to create in us, you know, especially good questions. If we get to the neurotransmitter side of things that, you know, our brain is flooded with serotonin when we hear questions, whether the rhetorical, you know, questions that just get asked on the fly, not really anybody expecting a response, but that still creates a little bit of a, this relaxation in our mind. And what happens is, is it's prepping our mind to start to get a little bit more creative, get a little bit more flexible, because when it comes to finding solutions to things, we have to have that little bit of creative. We have to be somewhat relaxed, you know? And so the brain primes itself to help you start seeking the answer. And you know what happens when we find the answer? We get dopamine. <laughs> and dopamine is one of the most powerful chemicals on the planet, along with adrenaline, uh, that just gets us feeling good about things. You know, anybody here that has checklists of checklists, you know what it's like to check things off your list. <laughs> Feels pretty good. You get that little dopamine. It's that fulfillment factor, right? It's the chemical that comes directly from feeling fulfilled, feeling on purpose, feeling happy. Uh, so, so learning how to tap into that is, is really important, you know, because it's just our body's natural way of giving us a little reward for doing things that we've already said we want to do. Okay. Yeah. So we're, we're using our chemistry to help us not to fight us. And, and so this idea of, can I do this? It's really a question of education. That's usually what it comes down to. It's like, well, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I know how to do that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Can you learn? Has, has, yeah, can you learn? Can you learn? Can you get the support? Can you find someone that knows how to do this? And can they help you learn how to do it? Yes. You know, because that's really what you're opening your mind to is like, can I do this? Well, yeah, of course I can do this, you know, because you have to get to that point where you can say, yeah, I can. I know I can do this. I mean, gosh, you look on social media, there's lots of social proof of people that have done things that you probably want to do yourself. Well, how did they do it? Are they really any different than you and I? No, we're all human beings. We're all on this planet. We're all dealing with something called time. Yeah. You know, like we all are energy. Like we all have to eat. We all have to breathe. We all have to drink. Like we're all so similar, you know? And, yeah. and yet there's one person that's done it. Can I do it too? Yeah, of course you can. Yeah, so it's an education piece a lot of the time. Can you get the support to do it? Okay, great. So you get a yes. Yeah. Now you go to question two. So, so you just said, can I do this? Okay. And you said, yeah, I know I can do this. I can do this. Okay. Yeah, I need some education. Okay. Well, if I do do this. Will it work? <laughs> right? Because we like results, right? We like to, to have that ability to, to collect the, the results and, and, and create and manifest what we want. And, and I get that. That's sort of that reward mechanism, right? So can I do this? Yeah. If I do this, will it work? Well, will I see the positive effect that I want? The changes that I want in my life, will it happen if I start doing this? And, and you know, I, I always use the again, like, I want to lose 20 pounds. Great. Can I do this? Yeah. If I get a gym member, should get a trainer? whatever. And I start to live life differently than I am now. Will it start to help me lose weight? Yeah. Okay, great. If I do this though, will it actually work? So if I get a trainer, if I go join a gym, will I actually see the the positive effect? Well, yeah, of course you will. Cause why? Lots of other people have done it. Worked for them. Why want to work for me? Well, it will. Yeah. So now we got a yes and a yes. Now here's your third question. Remember, this is anytime you want to have some changes facilitated in your life. You know, you're going to go through these three questions. Third question. Is it worth it? Ooh. Okay. Now, now, and here's a better way of answering this. So if you're talking corporate and you're talking to a team and you're trying to help them facilitate some big changes or some shifts mm-hmm. in the organization, you might say, is it worth it? Mm-hmm. But when I'm referring to individuals like you and I and the people that are listening to this or watching this right now, yeah. I want you to frame it. Am I worth it? Mm. Like that is a question that's not so easy to answer, is it? Cool. Like, am I worth it? Am I worth this change? Because this question opens up a whole nother conversation, mm. you know, because if you don't really see the value in yourself and that love of yourself to warrant the change, you need someone to come give you a good shake. Because yeah. I know I see it in people. 
Yeah. And I bet you if you went to your closest friends and family and those that really care about you and your, your and what you know, your happiness, mm-hmm. they're going to say, yeah, you're worth it. But we're often the last people to say that about ourselves. And so it's really that third question that's so, so critical. You know, am I worth it? Yes, I'm worth it. I'm worth I'm worth being happy. Yeah, I'm worth being 20 pounds lighter than I am now because I know it's going to make me, uh, give me better energy. It's going to help me sleep better. It's going to deepen some of my relationships, you know, like it's going to boost my confidence. Like just think about all the great results that will happen by being that person. Living into that change, you know? And, and so these are sort of those three questions that I, I tend to prime people with. You know, if you're, you're going, running up against change and I know it's hard at times, it feels like a wave coming at you. And sometimes it knocks us down. Sometimes we can ride it. Sometimes we can do a little bit of a duck dive under it, but you know, either way it's coming. Right. And these questions I find it, it is an easier way to sort of navigate the change itself. So can I do this? If I do it, is it, will it work? And then thirdly, is it worth it or am I worth it? You know, and uh, you could follow it up too. who can help me get there. Yeah. You know, who can help me with this? Mm-hmm. And that usually ties into community or coaching or mentorship. You know, find a buddy, find someone that can help you go on the journey with, you know, uh, I always like the book, the alchemist. Have you That's read the alchemist? Paulo Coelho? Yeah. It's, I read it once a year. I, I absolutely love it. I love the audible version because it's got Jeremy Irons does all the narration. I've, yeah. I've done both. I've oh. done audible, the actual book, like for like, I don't know, the past yeah. 15 years. So I'm with you. But isn't it, an, it's just a wonderful story. And, and, but it, it speaks to exactly what we're talking about right now. You know? So if, if there's one takeaway and Paulo Coelho is one of my mentors, do I know him personally? I wish, but no, but I've read his books and they inspired me. To, to want to live certain changes in my life. So, so finding that, I mean, we have TED talks, we have summits like this, we have podcasts, we have great websites. Like, yeah, we have so much we do. To, that can help. Um, but am I worth it? Am I oh, worth man. the change? Am I worth the work? You know, Whew, that's a, like I said, another conversation. No, that's, that's a great question. And, you know, I, I see that all the time too, just like in my own work too, is really seeing people like they're in this anxious cycle of like wanting to change, but also being fearful of, of taking action to make that change. And, you know, you just in that question, like, am I worth it is where that internal struggle is. Yes. Yeah. So much so. And, and sometimes we, we may not get to a hundred percent conviction on that one, but we have to trust a process. And what I mean by a process is a lot of the times there's, there's actually steps that we know we can do. Like there's actions that we can do because every change comes from some sort of an action typically, right? Or a reaction, uh, depending on how you look at it, but we can be a bit more proactive, you know, pro action, uh, as I'll put it, where we can, feel like we're involved with the change yeah. and, and rather than feeling like the change is just happening to us, whether we like it or not. And, and I think this is important to notice. Like that was the one thing I remember taking away from my Vipassana was, man, Buddha 2,500 years ago, he said, you know what? I don't know much about anything, but one thing I know is nothing stays as it is. You know, like <laughs> this, this too shall pass. This and, and what is, shall pass. Yeah. yeah, it could be good stuff. Mm-hmm. It could be great stuff. It could also be the bad stuff. Yeah. This too will pass. This moment will you pass. You too shall pass. <laughs> yes, exactly. But, but you know what I mean? Like, and when you really grapple with that and, and get clear on that, you start to realize, man, I am ping ponging between stuff that I can't do anything about anymore and mm-hmm. stuff that will probably never, ever happen. And so we're missing everything that's happening right in the middle, which is actually living, <laughs> you know, wherever we are. And it's wild. When you really dive down this, I know some people are like, wow, you're losing me here. And I'm like, well, no, let's, let's make this about you. Don't worry about what I'm talking about. Don't think about my story. Think about your story. Mm-hmm. Think about the challenges you've been up against. Mm-hmm. Think about those moments where you were challenged and you overcame them. Mm-hmm. You endured the suffering of the moment. Yeah. And what happened? You got through it. Right. Like, you can do that again. That is not something that you do once and then you're done. Like, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like you've got the skill in you. Right, right. Uh, but we do sometimes lose the confidence we have in ourselves or that question, am I worth it? We, we start to doubt that. 
Mm-hmm. You know? And uh, when we've lost that conviction, that that confidence in ourselves, that we are worth it, and we feel that self-love, that self-care aspect of our life, yeah, we learn for ways to run away, to escape. But you and I were very good at that. <laughs> so, yeah. But we've also gotten to the point where we realize, okay, this isn't serving me. This mm-hmm. is actually holding me back. Yeah. I want to change, you yeah. know, and I got to a point where it was thrust upon me. I was like, okay, well, if I don't change right now, I'm going to be alone. <laughs> I don't see life getting any better. I probably will end up dead, you know, yeah. wrote off one car from a, you know, based on drinking while, while inebriated. And, you know, that should have been a wake up call, but it wasn't. It wasn't until my wife asked me a question one morning as we were discussing her taking the kids away. I said, die. Are you being the type of man that you would want to marry your daughters? Am I being the type of man that I would want to marry my daughters? You know, like that question for me, pardon the pun here, Diana, but it was very sobering. You know, like it was because I realized I wasn't being that guy. If a guy like me at the time of who I was 11 years ago showed up on my doorstep saying, hey, we'd really like to take your daughters in. I'd be like punch him in the nose and I'd kick him. Uh, you know, and I'd be like, you're not getting in here. There's no way. Yet, to be honest with you, that's who I was, mm-hmm. you know? And uh that was that was a big moment for me. You know, her asking that question, that's shifted just enough that I realized, whoa, <laughs> whoa, okay. Time to do yeah. things differently. And it was just a one-year commitment. I'm not going to have any alcohol for a year just to show that I don't need this stuff. Like, I can do things without it. But, you know, you take the crutches away, you realize, oh, my goodness, I walk with a pretty gnarly limp right now. I'm going to have to figure out how to walk again. Yeah. And that was where my journey of self-care and making my own personal health and well-being a priority. Yeah. But before that, it wasn't. You know, yeah. so I know we've, we, we we're getting to time, but uh, I, I oh, wanted to just fine. get that in real it's quick, fine. you know, it's so uh, anyways, yeah. you know, and I think, you know, for, for people that may be kind of in this space where like wanting to make a change, really struggling with trying to take that mm-hmm. action, I think, you know, really understanding, because I think the fear is too, is that will it be better on the other side? Yeah. Right. right? Because it's really hard right now. It's really hard once you, like you said, taking the crutches away. It's really hard in the middle, but at the end, is it going to still be hard? And it's like, no, it's always better on the other side. When has it never been better on the other side? (laughs) It's always going to be better on the other side, you know? And so can you endure a hundred percent, you know? And I think that, that people, you know, or the way that we've kind of been conditioned to be like, you know what? It's good where you're at. Just stay where you're at. Just do what you're doing. You know it. It's comfortable, right? Like, you know, don't oh, yeah, don't yeah. try to stray too far from like what you're doing because you don't know if it'll be good on the other side of that. And it's like, no, it's gonna be amazing on the other side. <laughs> and crazy, but it, right? it sucks sometimes in the while you're in process. And you know, I think again that question coming in is it is it worth it? You know, I mean, having you know your journey, my journey, uh, yeah. It, there were definitely moments of like, you know, when you do mm. decide to prioritize yourself, prioritize your health, prioritize, um, you know, different things, you, you end up losing people, you'll lose jobs, yeah. you'll lose money, yeah. you'll lose your whole reality. And, and that sometimes because we are so attached to it is mm. the scariest thing in the world. So going back to the Vipassana, right, where we're talking about everything is impermanent. I love that you said that because that was actually one of my major takeaways from my Vipassana as well, which is a 10 day silent meditation for anybody that isn't sure what that is. I say this to myself all the time. I still practice Vipassana every single day because life changing, but yeah. I created this mantra for myself is I release control I surrender to the reality of this moment. I surrender to the impermanence of this moment. And this will also change. Oh, and that has, that like, always will get me through anything and everything. Like yeah. even moments of high stress, anxiety, whatever it is that I'm going through, mm-hmm. I take a moment, ground myself within, repeat that to myself a couple of times. My entire physiology just relaxes because I just yeah. know that this situation is passing and it's only when we attach to that, do we allow it to become our, uh, us and our life experience. So, you know, for those of you who may be going through a dark time right now, or maybe experiencing, you know, your dark night of the soul or your moment of transition, or everything seems to be shifting, 
you know, I want to offer you that mantra, which saves me in so many moments and gives me that peace knowing that like, yeah, I surrender to the reality. I accept what is happening now. And I understand what is happening now will also change and it's impermanence. And it brings me so much peace knowing that it's going to be better on the other side. And if it's not better yet, you're not on the other side. <laughs> and, and you know, the, the yeah, because they did some interesting studies where they looked at that uh, idea. The further we get away from traumatic events, we have a, a an ability to just downplay them. Like they, they looked at people that had uh, anal exams, basically, where they stick a little camera up your butt. And you, so th- it's a very invasive procedure. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and <clears throat> most people, People when they're they're interviewed right after the the experience, uh, and especially during the duration. So I guess I haven't had one of these procedures yet, but uh, I'm sure one day it will happen, and, and I'll be able to relate to it even more. But when you read the studies, what's super interesting is, you know, they could do the procedure in 15 minutes, or they could do it in like 25 minutes. And but what people most find, people that do it for 25 minutes, there hits a point where it just it doesn't get any worse, it doesn't get any better. But it's like I can tolerate this; it's okay. Yeah, yeah. But at 15 minutes, I guess is like the peak. And so if they ended the procedure right at the peak, yeah. people's memory of that experience, because you're, you're, you're ending the experience at the worst possible moment, okay. their memory of it, especially years down the road, they still think about it as a very dramatic experience. Mm-hmm. And, and yet the people that would end it at 25 minutes where, you know, they hit the peak and then they got through the peak and yet they realized, Oh, you know, it's not as bad as it was. They would interview them as well, and they're ref- reflecting back on it. It's never is the same as the people that ended on the peak, yeah. you know, at the worst moment. So our perspective does create our reality. <laughs> it shapes a lot of how we remember things, but also how we bring those memories to now and how now, like the interpretation of those memories affect what we do tomorrow. Right. Right now. So it's really fascinating when you start going down this path and looking at just how we perceive things and how it affects some of our choices now. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I, I, I love all this stuff. And, uh, something I'd like to just leave with people is one book that I think is very, very, it's just so impactful. It's not, I I don't want to say it's a, it's a pleasure read, Mm -hmm. Uh, not like, you know, The Alchemist is a very enjoyable book. I mean, it's, yeah, a, yeah. it's, 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 it's a great story, you know, and it, you feel good reading it. This book, yeah, not so much. Um, <laughs> it, it's called, uh, it's by Viktor Frankl and it's okay. called Man's Search for Meaning. I'm going to write it down. It, one of the most impactful books I've read in the last decade. And it was written a long time ago. Viktor Frankl uh, as a psychologist. He's also known as the, the father of something called logotherapy. Mm-hmm. And this is this whole idea of therapy through really aligning how you live your life with your purpose or, or seeking purpose, giving your life purpose. Mm-hmm. You know, because the questions that we were asking earlier, like what's the meaning of life? You know, these introspection, these big questions that we struggle to, to answer, you know, existentially, uh, we give those the answer. Like that's why, you know, the meaning of life, well, it's kind of a funny question because whoever you ask that of, they're going to give the answer that they feel is right to them. And then that's right. Like you don't argue that. What's your meaning of life? Well, my meaning to life is this. Great. If that aligns with you and it lights you up and awesome. Mm -hmm. It was Viktor Frankl just to, to, to end that loop there, uh, close that loop. Um, he survived the Holocaust. Wow. And not, not just one concentration camp, many, including Auschwitz. And, uh, cause he was a doctor, so he was often put in there to, to care for people, but he never knew what day would might be his last, might be sent down the hall to, to go into the chambers. And, uh, he lost his entire family, his wife, like parents, wow. closest friends. Like it just, uh, uh, you know, the first half of the book is just talking about his experience, but his observations mm-hmm. of l- living through that time and what he observed and just humanity and how people reacted or acted in this certain high pressure environment, really. I mean, it's just awful. I wouldn't wish that on anyone. Mm -hmm. But then the second half was really the foundation of what he learned and what he realized in human conditioning and our ability and our resilience and what happens when we give up mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally, and and how that can have a very negative effect on our life, but how the people that survived it and their perspective on life now, Mm -hmm. wow. 
you know, like just, just amazing. It's just a very inspiring book. And uh, like I said, it's not a real feel good book, especially when you read the first half, the second half is very practical, teaches yeah. some useful stuff to help you just get more in alignment with what you want to create and realize, you know, like after I read that book, I was like, man, every excuse I've ever had, what was that for? You know, yeah. like it just made me, it just made me think like, oh my goodness, I just, it, because of that empathy, right? That ability to just envision what it would be like to be in that moment. I, I mean, awful. Yeah. You know, and who am I like to, to question, you, you know, uh, some of the challenges that I say are my problems. I'm like, man, I really don't understand. Yeah. You know, my daughter and I talk about this a lot, you know, especially, but you know, the conversations around white privilege and all that. And like, my goodness, like, yeah, we've been out to all the protests and like, I, I agree it, things have to change yeah. everywhere, you know, and, uh, you're either part of the change or you're, you're not. Right, right. You know, so so right back to ending everything on on this idea of change. It's going to happen whether you like it or not. Get in front of it, you know. Have fun with it. Embrace it. it. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and because it gets better, like you said earlier, right? It's it's you're going to get through it, and man, when you're through it, you're going to look back and be like, "Wow, I did that. I did that." And you can do it again. So. Yeah. Anyways, man, I know we've talked a long time no, about a lot of cool. stuff. I, feel like I love this stuff though. I yeah, know. I love this stuff too. Um, I'll end it with this too. Fear is the dragon in which you need in the video game of life that you need to slay in order to get to the next level. You know, we're the little Mario guy. We get to the next level. We slay the dragon. We get to the next level. So it's like all these challenges and the way that I perceive challenges, like when I am being challenged, I see it. I'm like, oh, I'm about to elevate right now. You know what I mean? Like I know it's coming because why is this challenge show up? They're not random, right? These things that happen to us, all the challenges, all the things that we have to overcome, they're not random. They're asking something of us. They're asking for us to go within and find something that we have that we possess that is needing to be expressed right now that we need to pull from in order to get there so that we can continue to elevate and evolve past where we are because like you said change is inevitable right if we expect to stay the same i mean what what is that existence really it's 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 a non-existence really stagnant so so true and you know like i said right at the beginning we're all human beings we're all the same we are so much alike you know, and yet we seem to fight and create conflict around all the differences that we, we, we like to categorize people under. And I just, you know, it's the kind of change I want to embrace more. And I realize the more I embrace it and the more I try to do something positive to, to help affect that in others, uh, it's amazing how the world shifts, right? Just a little bit every time. And, uh, I, I'm, thank you for, for hosting this, this, uh, yeah, summit, you know, this, this, event if you will like i think it's just phenomenal and so many people are going to be positively impacted by this and uh i'm just honored to have had the opportunity to be here so thank Thank you you. thank you i i so enjoyed this energetic exchange so (laughs) good so much magic so much potent um just you know wisdom here so i hope you guys enjoyed it Dai, how can people just be in touch with your work or what oh, you're doing in the yeah. world. Yeah. Well, the fortunate thing is I got a pretty unique name. Uh, Dai yeah. is actually Welsh for David and Manuel's Portuguese. Uh, so it's a you know okay. Welsh first name, <laughs> Portuguese last name. Uh, I am a mix. I'm a mix of a bunch of stuff and I'm all good with it. And, yeah. but you know, I like to think that my parents were visionaries because when Google came around, it was like, whoa, this is really SEO friendly. And, uh, just because if you spell it in right, you're going to find me really easy. I have yet to find anybody else with my name. So, uh, it's very unencumbered. And, uh, so on any social platform, type in diamond, well, you're going to find me. Uh, and, and I'm most active on Facebook and Instagram. And then, uh, you know, my blog, I've got about 1500 articles all just to help you with life getting more out of it. You, know, you type in a subject, you'll find some content on it. And, uh, but I invite people, man, I, I love conversations. So just reach out to me on social. Hey, Di, how are you doing? I heard you over here and I just want to say hi, yeah. you know, and heck, uh, you do that. You're always going to get a response from me. I, I'm a one man army on this front. So I always say, just give me a little bit of grace. If I don't get back to you right away, I will get back to you. But, uh, yeah, I think that's the easiest way. And let's just have a conversation. And, uh, I, I love it. I just like hearing people's stories. So, um, yeah, that's it. That's how you can get a hold of me. <laughs> Beautiful. Guys, I hope you guys enjoyed this conversation. Get in contact with Dime on all the social channels and on Google and um, have more conversations with him because clearly he's a great – he's he's great at it. Um, but thank <laughs> you.
Practice, practice, practice. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of Transforming Trauma to Triumph. And we will catch you on the next one. Bye.